I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit AbyssBattery.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. You're listening to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, where when you can't be in the outdoors, we bring it to you. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. We hope that this podcast inspires you guys to get outside and do anything and everything outdoors. Uh, my name is Chase. I'm one of the hosts of uh, Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. Uh, Walter, the main host, uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to make it this week. He went out and had a, a baby or something like that. Uh, I want to wish him congratulations. Uh, I know I have two kids and myself. Uh, they they mean the world to me. Uh, it seems like he is just over the moon right now with being a dad. So uh, I'm going to let him do that. Uh, on this week's episode, I was able to get a good buddy of mine on, Brandon Ogden. Uh, we do hunt a same piece of public land together. Our relationship kind of started last year. Uh, it kind of grew into us texting and talking on the phone and just everything deer hunting back and forth. Uh, he's been a great resource for me uh, on this piece of public land. Hunted way back in the past and just started hunting again uh, last year. I'm going to be hunting it this We're both going to be hunting it this year as well. We dove into summer scouting. This is the time of year where uh, you're summer scouting. You need to be out there. Uh, it's going to pay off for you in the fall. Um, he touched on a lot of things he's had. He's been hunting this piece of public for well over a decade now. Uh, feels like he's over the last four or five years that he's kind of really gotten it dialed in. I know we've talked about that a lot on the podcast where Florida is one of those states where, you know, it's not necessarily going to happen for you year one, maybe not year two, year three, but eventually you're going to start getting it dialed in. Uh, you're going to start having the uh, success with you want. And he's been grinding. I mean, he's been grinding for the last 10 years. And he's still just as motivated now a decade uh, later as he was well, when he first started. So I'm hoping this will this episode will inspire a lot of you to get outside and start uh, that summer scouting regimen. Uh, he's got some tips, things that he does that maybe uh, you can incorporate into uh, your summer scouting as well. Before we get to the episode, of course, I want to thank the patrons of the show. Uh, we love our Patreon members. Uh, our Marco Polo group is, is always blowing up. We've been talking about broadheads. We've been talking about arrows. So just love chatting uh, with uh, those guys. Uh, don't forget, we do have a giveaway uh, coming up. And it's perfect for a summer. It's a perfect summer scouting package. Uh, we're doing five of the Simmons trail cameras and a Browning uh, cell cam that should be coming up here shortly. Uh, we're going to be doing a drawing for that. So hopefully that'll get somebody set up uh, and get them out in the woods, get those cameras set up. And we hope it gives you success this fall. Uh, I'm going to cut briefly touch on the Yakin for Bass Challenge. The Yakin for Bass Challenge is still going on. Of course, it's going on until June 15th. Currently, right now, uh, the leader is Nick Chandler. He's actually one of the creators. Uh, he's in the creator division. He has been out hitting it hard. Pretty much it seems like he's been fishing every day. Uh, I think he's actually 
Yeah, he's at 108 and a half inches, and he still has about uh, seven or eight days left. Um, and currently, our record was 108. So he's already beat the uh, the record for uh, the last two years for the uh, Yakin for Bass Challenge. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to get out as much uh, as I'd like like to. Uh, I'm hoping that that will change here soon, and I'll definitely get out the last few days of the challenge, maybe try to get some upgrades. Uh, I don't think that Chase's quest uh, for three is going to happen this year with uh, Nick having uh, the success that he's had, but there's still time to sign up for the Yakin for Bass Challenge. Uh, we have two categories. Uh, one is the five fish in length, longest length wins. The second one is biggest bass. Uh, I think Nick actually actually has the biggest bass of the tournament, but he can't win. He's a creator. Uh, so there's still plenty of time to uh, sign up for this. I think currently, as it sits right now, we have 33 uh, anglers uh, that are fishing in the tournament. So it's 25 bucks. Uh, if you want to get in there, the money goes to a great cause. Uh, takemefishing.org. So that's all I've got for you guys uh, this week. Maybe Walter will be back on next week. I hope that uh, this episode inspires all of you uh, to get outside and uh, do some summer scouting. So on to the episode. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. Walter is out this week. Uh, as everybody knows, if you've even looked at his social media, he's been posting a ton of pictures of his new baby boy uh, so if you get a chance uh, go tell Walter congratulations he's been he's even been posting dad jokes uh, online already he's already in full dad mode uh, with posting the dad jokes and this week I've got a special guest uh, one of I've been talking to somebody for about four days we were kind of going back and forth uh, wasn't able to really nail anything down uh, for this week, so I decided to call up uh, my good buddy, Brandon Ogden. Um, we hunt a piece of public together, and uh, I figured, hey, what better way to kind of dive into uh, summer scouting since him and I are fixing to start uh, summer scouting ourselves. So welcome to the podcast, Brandon. Oh, thanks, Chase. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, before we kind of dive in, why don't you uh, – Give everybody the uh, drone view of who Brandon Ogden is. No, man, I'm a, I'm a pretty simple guy. Um, I'm 29 years old. Uh, I live in South Florida, and uh, I've been a, I'm a fireman down here in South Florida. Um, man, I've been hunting public land strictly since oof, till I was probably 13 years old. Um, that's probably when it all started. That's when I started shooting a bow. Um, it was a Browning Midas. I think it was a Midas, I believe. But anyway, yeah, man, I've been hunting it ever since I was 13 years old and man, I can't get enough of it. Uh, I think the clinical, uh, the clinical term is obsessed. And, uh, I think that's what I am <laughs> to deer hunting. <laughs> right. And you've primarily been hunting, it's all Florida, right? Yeah, it, it's all, it's been all of Florida, um, mainly central to North Florida, um, I, I did dabble in the South Florida hunting when I was younger cause it was just close to home and, you know, weekend warrior and, you know, that's all we could do. And, uh, was never successful. Um, saw a lot of deer, but, uh, was never successful. Right. Well, who got you into hunting? Well, I definitely have to say my dad, my dad got me, got me started into hunting. Um, we, we own a little bit of acreage in Georgia, just a small piece. And, uh, he got me into it along with my grandfather and, uh, and my uncle. Um, but my dad was, was one of the first ones to take me to the woods. And back then it was the big Cypress, which it still is today, but we, uh, we started hunting out there and it was, you know, hot and <laughs> ATCs and gators. And, and, uh, I mean, that's where we started hunting was my dad. He took me to shoot my first bow down here at the, uh, to an outdoor shop down here when I was about 11 or 12 years old. And, Man, he, that might have been a mistake on his part because I am hooked for life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. Well, a yeah, funny, funny backstory for all of the listeners is this is how Brandon and I first, I guess, connected. I posted like a picture on Chase and Tails, the Chase and Tails Outdoor Instagram page, and it was on the story. 
it was like an onyx post of this piece of public land that I was going to be hunting uh, this past season. And I post it, and then all of a sudden I get a message from Brandon, and then he's like naming the WMA <laughs> that that I had posted. And I tried to take a few things off there, but it was still like if you hunt this area, you you would know uh, this area. So he hits uh, hit hits me up on Instagram is like, hey, is this such and such uh, WMA? <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, because I didn't know you. Walter knew you, but I didn't know you <laughs> at the time. Right. And I was kind of, I was like, hey, Walter, do you know who this guy is? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. I've chatted with him uh, before. So I, I kind of, I message you back. And then next thing you know, you and I are texting all the time, calling each other on the phone all the time, uh, talking about hunting, uh, primarily oh, yeah. all the time. I mean, you're ate up with it. I made up with it. We're both firefighters, which is, which just happened to be a coincidence. Just happened, just happened to be <laughs> as well. So kind of worked out well. And I, I think we've become pretty good friends, uh, since, well, it's been about a year now, uh, that yeah. you, uh, that we had that message on, uh, Instagram. So, uh, I, I thought that was unique. And last year we, we hunted a few times together on this piece of public, uh, I didn't necessarily hunt it uh, nowhere near as much as you have, but you have some good, a long-standing history with this piece of public. Yes. Um, how long have you been hunting this piece of public land? Well, let's see. It's 2021. I've been hunting it well over 10 years now. I think we're coming up on almost 12. I think it's 12 years now I've been hunting this uh, this particular WMA. Right. Now, how would you... what? how would you gauge yourself as a hunter right now as in your progression? What, what kind of stage would you say you were at? You know, honestly, if in the stage of, of my hunting career, my hunting throughout the years, I would say I would be, I don't want to say, I would say probably just above average. And when I mean a, just above average, I don't mean like I'm going out there and killing a deer every time I sit in the woods. Um, but my my encounters and my being able to find the right habitat, find bedding areas, and get on deer, period, and see more deer has uh, exponentially gone up the past, I would say for sure, the past five years. Um, you know, there were some struggles when I first started, just like everybody else. You know, it's a, it's a new thing. Uh, you're just trying to figure it out. And if anybody's hunted Florida, they know – it's so different, the habitat, the terrain, where these animals go from South Florida to North Florida. I mean, the, the terrain difference is unbelievable, and where the deer ha- cohabitate is, is, is different. Um, but, yeah, these, these last probably five years, I've really honed in on, you know, not just this, this WMA in particular, but any WMA that I've walked onto. I've, I'm able to, you know, cyber scout it beforehand or walk onto this piece of public and go, okay, this is where my starting point is. And man, you just got to keep going and keep trying. That's, that's the biggest thing I could tell you is just don't, don't give up and just, you got to have that fire to keep doing it. Cause Florida is a super, super tough state. And anybody will tell you that, that hunts here frequently. Right. Right. I, we, Walter and I talk about this, uh, ad nauseum on the podcast about, <laughs> especially public land in Florida, oh, like how yeah. difficult public land can be, uh, in Florida and, certain areas of the state are just better. I mean, I mean, there's just the better deer habitat, uh, the numbers are higher. Um, but as a whole for the state of Florida, pretty much anybody who from out of state or anything comes down here, they're like, Oh yeah, that's, that's probably the toughest state, uh, to get a, on a deer, let alone a mature buck. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no doubt. Uh, no on, doubt. Pu- on public land. <laughs> on public land. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we talk about that all the time. So, you said the last five years, the last five years, you feel like that you're, you've kind of put things together, um, a lot. It's coming to you more naturally. Uh, Correct. talk about, kind of talk a little bit about the early years of you hunting, uh, public land in uh, Florida. Well, you know, the early years, you know, uh, you know, my dad, you know, like I said, he got me into hunting. Um, but you know, he was a working man. He was a fireman. Um, you know, he was a fireman as well. Uh, but he was also working two and three jobs a lot of times uh, for me and the family. So he didn't, you know, he was focused mainly on work, you know, and he didn't 
get a lot of exposure to what we have now available with all the hunting shows and, you know, all these articles about public land and how it's really starting to come to the surface and all these new techniques and everything like that. So, you know, we were, we were always under the impression. It's actually funny when I look back at it now, you know, we would go in, you know, like I said, during the summertime, whatever, July, August, our season usually opens in Florida. Well, depending South Florida, usually like last week of July or something like that. And then, you know, throughout the States, usually mid September, but anyway, um, you know, we would, we would go in in the summertime and, you know, we'd find trails and, you know, we would find, you know, rubs and sign of deer, you know, in the summertime. So we'd hang our cameras and actually we would, you know, we would, uh, pick out a tree that we're going to climb and everything like that. And, you know, like I said, this particular WMA, I've been hunting it for well over 10 years. So, uh, this WMA in particular, I remember because we, we would go in there you know, and we would find a tree we want to hang up on. And the bad thing was, is we weren't very mobile. I mean, we had climbers and, but we would just hang lock-ons in a spot where we had deer trails and we would sit there all year and we would go, I mean, we'd go sit in the same stand, you know, every day we'd go up there for four or five days at a time and just hunt the same stand or maybe have another stand, but we weren't very mobile. You know, we were, we were kind of stagnant and complacent. That's another word I'll use. We were just complacent and, you know, we just got stuck in our ways. Um, and you know, we saw deer, but you know, throughout the years of me doing it, you know, it was, it was the same cycle. When you go sit in the same stand every day, it, it never fails. You know, when the season starts, you sit in that tree, you marked the deer are right there. They're all around you. You know, they're coming by within range. Sometimes you get a shot, sometimes you don't. But as the season goes on, the deer become more and more wary of you. So they just start. I noticed that I would see in these deer, at, you know, anywhere between 80 and bow range at that time. And as the season progressed and it got to gun season, they would just be further and further away. Or I wouldn't see any deer at all. Or I'd just be blowing deer out every time I walk in. And I would get frustrated because I was like, man, why aren't I seeing deer? The signs here, the signs here. Well, obviously at that time I didn't know because I was younger that I was just absolutely obliterating that area with my sign and just, they knew, they knew when I walked in there, they smelled my scent and, and everything like that. So I wasn't really, you know, I, I was really wasn't aware of all that in my younger years. And Like I said, in the past five years or probably eight years now, probably eight years ago now, I started to adapt, you know, like started watching these guys like the hunting public. Uh, the beat, uh, the hunting beast and, and guys like that um, starting to really adapt their tactics in a sense of, you know, just jumping in there and getting in there and doing it and don't be complacent and, and, and constantly move, you know, and that's where I started really to hone my skills. And, you know, it, it, it was a little bit, you know, like it was frustrating, but I mean, at that time I was just sitting in the same stand being frustrated, not seeing anything. <laughs> And, you know, when you're sitting in that 95 degree heat or, you know, you're making that, you know, couple hour drive to this WMA and every for a couple of days and just not seeing anything, you know, and you're, you're getting frustrated. Something's got to change. Something's got to change. And, you know, I jumped fully into, uh, you know, that that tactic of the hunting public and, and the beast hunting beast, you know, just jumping in there, get trying to get close to what would be their bedroom. Uh, Florida's kind of hard for that because they can just bed everywhere. And honestly, just keep moving. Don't, you know, don't settle for mediocre sign or semi-fresh sign. You know, just keep going. Keep going until you find the good stuff and don't be afraid to move. Don't be afraid to take, um, you know, take risks sometimes because a lot of times when you take that risk, it, it, it pays off, you know, like, and for me, you know, obviously paying off means seeing deer. And eventually you're going to get to that point where you're good enough that you're going to see deer and be in range. <laughs> so I'm not quite to that point, but I'm, I'm at least seeing the deer and, and getting close. Just can't seem to, to, to put the arrow through one or to get one down yet. Well, I mean, you've, you've been able to do that over the years. You just not, maybe not necessarily as consistent Correct. as you would like. Correct. Yeah, that would, that's probably a better way to put it. I mean, I, I do kill, I usually kill a deer or two a year, which is fantastic. And I'm, I'm very ecstatic about that. Um, but you know, as the years have gone on, I've got a little older, I, I guess I've, 
I kind of want to shoot the big buck, you know, I guess in a sense, but you know, you and me have had long discussions about this and that if, if you can't kill a big buck, if there's not a big buck there, you know, and that's, and I think sometimes I, uh, I just overanalyze things and just need to take what's, uh, what I can get and just enjoy every moment. And that's what I try to do every time in the woods. Right. Yeah. You and I've had several or quite a few conversations about like wanting to get a registry (laughs) like yeah (laughs) wanting to reach that like milestone you've been close i've been uh, close yes to to killing a registry uh for sure but that's kind of been like uh, at the back of your mind it seems like it's like oh man i just i want to get a registry i want to get a registry and of course i'm saying i was like it'll happen it'll happen i mean (laughs) it's it's not necessarily on florida public land that there's just a ton of registry bucks uh, Correct. Walking around. I mean, and you do get within range, and you pass on deer. You get within range of uh, smaller bucks, and uh, it seems to me like you really like to do a lot of in-season scouting as well. Yes. Like you'll yes. you'll hunt a little That's... bit. You're like, okay, it's not happening here, and then you'll go and put like five six miles down looking yes. for for deer sign. Yes. Yes. And, that that's that's been a big one. That's been a big one, the end season. Right. Well, uh, I want to talk about, like, summer scouting. You and I okay. are probably fixing to start uh, hitting it hard. I've been kind of uh, – I've been a little distracted with the Yakin' for Bass Challenge. Uh, had some personal things kind of going on. Haven't really been thinking that much about hunting, but you're always texting me something about hunting. So it always <laughs> kind of keeps me kind of dialed in a little bit. Like, okay, I need to start thinking more about hunting and there's some other guys that we've got uh like in our our patreon group our marco polo you've got brett who's just hardcore he's 365 uh it seems (laughs) like he's uh wanting to do something scouting wise uh for hunting he's been sending us polos he's been out putting out cameras he's been sending me pictures and so i it's in the back it's at at the back of my mind at least pretty much all the time because i'm seeing others um do it and I, I, right now I, and I've been slacking cause I don't have, I've got zero cameras out right now anywhere. And normally I would have at least a several out somewhere like, like on main roads or just something, maybe right. just to catch anything like, all right, what are the, has the, have the does dropped their fawns yet? Uh, are there any, am I catching any bachelor groups of bucks? Is there any bucks that I might want to be like, okay, I, maybe I want to try to focus a little bit more, uh, on that buck. Right. And I know, like I said, the Yakin for Bass Challenge will be over June 15th. Uh, and then my mind can strictly go to uh, hunting deer uh, at that point. Um, so my plan is to get out. Um, I, I pretty much know my private sections. I mean, I've been hunting uh, the one for over a decade. Uh, kind of like you on this piece of public, I know it. Um, and then I have another piece that I've hunted probably, this would be like my fourth year hunting it. So I feel like I've kind of getting it dialed in uh, for the most part as well. And on this piece of public that we're hunting, I hunted that piece of public about a decade ago before this past year. Like I hunted it one year, a decade ago. Uh, I did kill, I was fortunate enough. I did kill a buck uh, that year. Uh, I was, I just happened to be where the food was at the time. Like there were these, uh, the acorns were dropping like crazy, uh, in this one area, this nine point comes out, uh, at like 28 yards. And I just happened to be like, I, at that time I was really dialed in with my bow. I was shooting all the time, shot them, double lunged them, found them. And I'd, I'd actually shot at a doe on the way into the stand, <laughs> Uh, that day <laughs> that whole area looks different now though because it was like a clear cut back then so now it's all right. uh, like 10 year old pines looks completely different and I had hunted primarily private since then like I had done some quota hunts uh, mm-hmm. in the past uh, before there and to me last year it was kind of like okay uh, and we have another good buddy uh, Mike Tringali he's been on the podcast so uh, he's hunted this WMA for years and years uh, it seems like so him and I kind of went out and we scouted uh, quite a bit. But you're, it's kind of like even in the summer, it's, it's just kind of daunting. It seems like, especially like if if you've got like a w, or bigger WMA or whatever. Um, I feel almost like you're kind of like okay, I'm going to pick this section. Like some people, I'm going to pick this just this section kind of to focus on for a little while, and maybe 
not worry about the rest of the area as much and maybe just get, get kind of get honed in on this area before I just start ping-ponging all around everywhere. Um, right. And you've, you've kind of dialed uh, your areas in over the years, and I, I know there's been changes because, like with anything on some of these pieces of public land, there's – they're constantly in their cutting it, what was really good. Now it's a, a clear cut. So it's not as good anymore. Or there's flooding uh, that goes on in the swamps and you, you can't even hunt back in uh, certain areas. So for right. this year, what is your primary objective for summer scouting? Like what, what do you plan on? Like, what's your goal? Well, I mean, this year for summer scouting, I mean, my goal is to, is to just discover new areas um, to, to, you know, like I said, I've been hunting this piece of WMA for over 10 years and I know a lot of this ground, um, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got lots of pins on my, on my phone, which I'm sure a lot of us do. I've got hundreds of pins that I need to, I need to go check out some new areas. And, you know, I might, I may not necessarily jump right in there and hang a camera per se, but I at least want to get boots on the ground. Um, that's for sure. Uh, checking out new areas. And, and if I'm just stumped and I can't figure out a new area to go, um, you know, I might go back into some of my old areas and see if they're still walking through them and stuff like that. Um, but for this year, you know, I'm honestly, I, we, you know, you and me found a piece, uh, a spot on this piece of public last year, the end of last year um, that we named paradise city. <laughs> uh and uh you know we found or i found some really good sign i went back in there in turkey season and i actually retrieved the camera i had been in there for I, I that was another thing i did different this year i let a camera soak from uh we set that camera probably october and i, I picked it up in in turkey season so like march april something like that right and um you know, it was interesting to see all the data that I got on there and all the sign from, you know, last year that they had made, you know, I walked through their turkey hunting, but kind of scouting at the same time. And man, some of the sign that I found and I was texting you back and forth pictures and stuff like that. I, I just got jacked. You know, I was ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, I'm yeah. ready. Um, you know, and, it, and like I said, it, it's, I'm really, really intrigued with that. I want to walk it a little bit more and kind of, uh, I guess you'd say just fan out a little bit, go a little bit away from the sign um, and see, and see if it gets, does it, does it become more sign further away or, you know, and, and I really, I've really honed in on these, uh, these, these uh, short pines, you know, that's, that's really what I've been focusing on, on this WMA in particular is the short pines. Um, trying to tuck in tight to those short pines. And if there's food on the edges, I mean, that's great. Um, this time of year though, during the summer, um, you know, I'm, I'm mainly looking for heavy beat down trails and I'll put a camera there. I'm not necessarily looking for a buck because I just, I'm just not a buck magnet. I, I, I've very rarely gotten pictures of bucks in velvet, except for one, two years ago, I got a picture of him multiple times and I actually killed him within 200 yards where I had the camera. I had a suspicion where he was betting and when this, when he shedded the velvet, I didn't get any more pictures of him on that camera. I never got another picture of him. Um, he just moved areas. I guess he got un he he wasn't in a bachelor group anymore. Um, and ended up killing him with a bow at like ten yards. So that was that was a that was a nice one. But when it comes into summer scouting for me, it's it's mainly finding those trails and finding new areas. Um, you know, if you if I find rubs and stuff like that, that's great. Um, but a lot of times that that buck sign, it doesn't really come into play until closer, closer till the rut, you know, which for us, which I've found over the years running cameras in this particular WMA, it's usually the last week of September till about mid October is when they're somewhere in between that time period is when they're, when the bucks are on their feet in daylight. Right. So, um, but now, I mean, you know, as, as for the summer scouting part, just getting around, man, moving around and, and, and just checking out every square inch that you can, getting boots on the ground. I mean, I'm going to be – I'm already walking right now around my house trying to get back in shape because this COVID belly has gotten big. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, I, you know, we're, we're fortunate. I'm very fortunate. I've got an e-bike, so it helps me get some places, but you know, you can't, you can't check out the woods on an e-bike. You got to get off and walk. Right. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to put, you know, hopefully six to eight miles a day and find, find new sign and put lots of pins and maybe a camera. Right now, what, so when you're doing your summer scouting, what will make you want to hunt it during the fall? Like, is there, is it your cameras, what your cameras are telling you? What basically the, the sign has, where you're, you're just so impressed with the sign that you're like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot in the fall. Yeah. I mean, really for me, it's, it's just seeing the numbers of deer really. And, you know, you've got to take into consideration too, where you're getting these pictures. Is this a pinch or is this on the edge of bedding? Um, is this near an oak tree where oaks possibly drop in or, you know, they're possible food sources. Uh, I mean, for me, really, it, it's what really intrigues me is if I find a isolated piece or some piece that's difficult to get to um, and it's got and it's got multiple exit routes for the deer, whether it's whether it's does or bucks. I mean, if there is if there's old historical buck sign, that's great. But I honestly rather see more does on my camera than bucks. And, and I'll tell you why, just from my experience. When I get a lot of does during the summer, they tend to hang around the same areas. They kind of they kind of do like a, a loop. Early summer, they they'll be on the camera a lot. Early season, like beginning of archery, they'll kind of fade away. But as the rut comes back, they go back to these bedding areas. Um, at least from what I've found, and the bucks will be not far behind. So I try. I really key in on the areas that have a lot of sign and a lot of foot traffic. Um, that's, or, you know, deer traffic, that's, that's what I mainly look for. You know, the isolated rubs, not so much, but a lot of deer trails in general just means more deer and a better chance to actually get a shot at a, at a buck. Right. What about other hunters? Like, are, are you, are you, when you're scouting these areas, do you, are you like, okay, it looks like other people are hunting here. Maybe I should stay away or how do you approach that? Um, yeah, you know, a lot of times, you know, it happens sometimes where I'm, I got a spot on the map I want to get to that looks great, and I get there and there's, you know, there's the flag, uh, the flag parade. There's tons of flags and people, you know, you know, got their hunt dates when they're or that they're going to hunt this area this year or whatever. And um, you know, it doesn't really bother me too much. It used to bother me a lot, honestly, when I was younger, and you know, I'd find it, you know, I I would just get angry because I was like, man, this, you know, I've been looking at this spot all, all along. This is, this is going to be the perfect area. This is it. Well, now I, I just don't even worry about it. I'm like, all right, I kind of make a mental note, like, all right, they're going to be in here. And I try to be courteous to other hunters. You know, if I know they're going to be in there and it looks like there's a lot of foot traffic, uh, you know, it looks like maybe they trimmed up a, a tree or something like that. They're going to hang a stand, you know, I'll make a mental note, like, all right, you know, don't go in here. Or if I'm hunting, or if I got to walk by that area, you know, I might try to meet the guy the first day and just let him know or I'm hunting around here or, or I, most of the time I just try to stay away and just try to get away from people. I mean, that's kind of my biggest thing is just get away from people, just get, get far away. And, and it doesn't always mean there's deer further away from people, but at least I like to stay away from people. It's one less thing to, to, to put into the formula <laughs> of not getting winded or scented or getting caught by the deer. Oh yeah, definitely. They're not yeah. as on edge for sure. Uh, no, when they're at well, least coming in most of the time. Well, well, I was gonna say, you know, they're you're correct. They're not as on edge until they get a whiff of something, right? You know, because when we we you and me have had this conversation before. It's like, would you rather hunt an area that people walk by a trail every day and then the deer come walk out, or would you rather hunt where nobody ever walks by, but then one person walks by randomly that day? What's going to spook the deer? What do they get used to? What do they don't get used to? Right. And that's some of the issues I have faced hunting some of these really remote areas where I have, I've never seen anybody, not on camera, not anything. And I've, I've been on there on a bad wind or just walked a little too far to hang a scent wick or something like that. And and that little bit of smell difference, it, it, they, they'll blow for, for days. It seems like, right. you know, just cause they're not used to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. So, that, that's that's a good point. Uh, yeah, 
on that. Well, how many cameras are you running? How many cameras do you plan to put out? Oh, on this WMA in particular, I'm probably going to run, I'd say probably 10. Okay. I'm going to try and run 10 on this WMA. It really, it really depends on what I find and, you know, how, what I'm trying to find out. You know, if, if, you know, for some reason I get a big buck on camera and I know it's not an area I'm going to get him during the fall, I might push in a little deeper or just, like I said, fan it out a little bit and try to try to get another picture of him, find out where he's living and if he's going to live there. Right. And you're running, what are you running a mix between cell cams and your regular? Yeah. Cams? Yeah. You know, I, 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 I started the cell cam game a couple of years ago. Um, I'm running the Spartans and, um, man, I've, I've been super happy with them. I mean, they're, you know, they're like everything They sometimes they had issues in the beginning, which I haven't had issues knock on wood recently, but man, it's just, it's so vital, especially for me who, you know, I hunt, I hunt not close to home. So having that, you know, by the, by the second, um, information is huge, you know? Right. And, uh, I, I've, I've actually killed deer that way, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, and it, it's just, it's crucial, especially just for knowing that data right then and there and not having to disturb some of these areas that I go into because some of these areas that I go into or plan to go into, I'm scouting my way in and I'm probably going to get one hunt in there because it's tight. Right. So no, having that camera set up there already, you know, from weeks before letting them get used to it or whatever and getting the Intel is, I think, I think it's been a very big game changer in the public land game. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, like I said, yeah. the less you have to go into an area where you're not going and checking trail cameras all the time and putting right. intruding, putting your set in there. And like you mentioned before, you're mobile now. So you're yes. last year you went to a saddle. I did. Was your first year in the saddle, right? Yes, yes. It was it was my first year in the saddle, and I am a I'm a believer, and I'm a saddle hunter now. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I I am eating up with it, and uh, I'm you know last year I you know I, we I heard about the saddles, and it was becoming the big thing, you know, and I said you know I wanted something a little bit mobile because before that I was doing a lock on on my back with sticks and everything like that. And I was setting it all up and it was, it was good. You know, I got efficient with it, but now that I've got this on my, you know, now that I've got this saddle on, on and my little platform and stuff like that, it's been, it's been phenomenal. And I, I tested it last year for a full year. I sat in it every sit and I'm talking, I probably had a hundred, probably over, probably over 45, 50 days last year. And every sit except for one was in a saddle. Right. And I mean, it was great. It was, it's, it's a game changer for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. It is. I mean, hands down the way to bow hunt for sure. No, the bow hunt hundred percent. There's no other way. Right. Yeah. Bow hunting. It's, it's great. And you even got your dad into the saddle game, right? He's going to be rocking a saddle this year. Yeah. He's, he's going to be rocking a saddle this year. You know, he was old school with the, with the lock on and the, and the you know safety system and all that kind of stuff and big you know api climber that weighs about 40 pounds and he, he, he complains that it's heavy <laughs> oh, you yeah. know one of those one of those guys but um you know I, i've got him into it mainly just because of the lightness and i just told him like look there's no standard way to do this you can do it any way you want there's really no rules you know you can go as light as you want you can go as heavy as you want and i think for him you know getting older i think it's just it just gets him out there in the woods more, you know, and I, I, and I love that, you know, I love seeing my dad out there and I get to hunt with him occasionally. And, uh, you know, cause he just doesn't want to go as far as I do, obviously. Right. <laughs> but it's, it's nice. It's nice. I cherish those moments with my dad and I'm glad to see him out there this year more with the saddle. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, side note. I mean, I just met your dad not too long ago because I was having an issue with my bow and apparently he is really into uh, archery and competitions oh, yeah. and has his own press and vice and paper tuner. <laughs> I mean, he's got it all at his house and you're, I'd been talking back and forth with you about, Hey, I've been having this issue with my bow. We never could get it kind of figured out. So went over and worked with him for a while the other day. Uh, great guy. I mean, he showed me his new saddle and uh, all that good stuff. And uh, I plan on going back uh, again because we think we've pretty much got something figured out. Um, but we want to do a little bit more testing and stuff. So, 
uh, it was oh, really, yeah. it was really cool to uh, get to meet your dad and, uh, I got to hang out with him for a couple of hours. <laughs> um, I know you were jealous, but, uh, Oh, very, very jealous as, as I'm there sweating doing the lawn and you're like, Oh, Hey, what's up, buddy? I'm in the AC. You feel great in here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Hanging out. Thanks. With your, thanks, bud. Hanging out with your old man. Well, I mean, yeah. as far as me on this piece of public, um, this year, um, I just really want to get to know it more. Um, last year, I never really hunt the areas that I hunted last year. I never really hunted those areas 10 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I did kind of, but it was just, it's one of those ones where you're, you're basically trekking back, whatever. It took you like 45 minutes to walk to some of these areas right. and passed up all these other primo areas. Uh, cause I really didn't <laughs> scout that much probably 10 years ago. Like yeah, I would, right. I mean, I did hanging hunts all the time, but it was more of just like, oh yeah, I'm going to try this area today. Oh, uh, I may, I may go try this, uh, area, uh, next time I hunt in here. And I definitely yeah. was nowhere near the hunter that I am now 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's for sure. Uh, not even close. I mean, I've only been hunting for, um, I think this will be, uh, this will be my 14th season, uh, as a deer hunter, really? 14th season. Yep. I started back in uh, 2007. 2007, wow. uh, I, was, uh, oh, I killed my first deer in uh, 2007. It took me, like I said, I kind of did some of the things that you're talking about. You would just go hunt the same area over and over again. Mm-hmm. You're not getting the results that you wanted. And I bought, ended up buying a climber, started moving around. Success started going uh, in the direction that I wanted it. Um, I use a lot of cameras, which I'll say to, for a lot of my success. And as most people know, I'm super lucky so i it, <laughs> like this past year it was like i said a kind of a random setup and this beautiful buck walks out in front of me oh, <laughs> on that piece God. of public land uh well actually two two out of the three times that I actually hunted it last year yeah I had, yeah i had bucks within range uh, yeah. last year um and they weren't they were good areas and it kind of made me go back and look more and even during turkey season this year i felt like i was more scouting for deer than i was actually even for turkeys i'm not Mm -hmm. like the biggest turkey hunter i mean i like to go Uh, i think it's fun i really like hunting with a buddy i like the camaraderie uh, of turkey hunting i'm just not ate up with it nowhere near as much as i am deer hunting uh and i marked a bunch of areas uh on the map for deer more more than uh, turkey or anything. I'm like, Oh, I was like, this, this looks like a nice area. It doesn't really look like anybody's over here. Um, some of these, some of the areas I kind of just like, Nope, definitely. I don't think I want to put any time over here. Uh, so I definitely want to get out, uh, get some cameras out. Um, and now I've got the e-bike, so it'll make at least checking cameras and stuff uh, a lot easier, um, for me. Um, so yeah, I just want to get out there, keep, keep learning, uh, that particular area, uh, for the most part, and then maybe branch out some, uh, I feel like I do need to put some hunts in on some of the other areas just, just because, uh, cause I've even during like scouting for turkeys and stuff like that. I'm like, I was like, yeah, this area, I mean, it looks like it has potential. Um, and right. it didn't really necessarily look like there was a lot of people that had maybe hunted it before, um, so I really want to, uh, kind of go check out some of those, uh, areas that I noticed during, uh, turkey season, uh, in some of the, the other areas, uh, of the piece of public myself, but it's more of, I don't really, I don't have it dialed in like you do. Like you've been hunting for over 10 year, pretty much 10 consecutive years, right? Like you never, yes. you've never gotten out of yeah. there. Um, no, so you, I've, I've never gotten out of there. You've really got it dialed in. And like yeah, said, my I mean, other buddy Trent, he, he does too, for the most part, or at least a couple of the areas he's, he's pretty much got those dialed in and he, he knows how the swamps run. He knows where like mm-hmm. ridges are and, uh, things like that, that I, you just don't know unless you put boots on the ground for the most part, like you have right. to go in. So I plan on, uh, putting on some miles in there and I feel like I, I kind of know what they're doing, especially kind of how they're kind of transitioning whenever it's kind of the rut time of areas mm-hmm. I need to look for, uh, for the rut. So I plan on putting a pretty good little bit of time during archery season, uh, in there, uh, for the most part. Um, muzzleloader now kind of comes where it's like Midwest hunt time area or whatever. So, uh, All I right. may not be there to hunt 
maybe for a couple of days during muzzleloader. But last year was kind of a weird year because muzzleloader always seemed to be good, really good. And apparently it was dead in there during muzzleloader for the most part. Yeah, it and was. It was. It, it was. It was more really during weird. like that second week of October, it was on fire because you were wow. in there. I was in there. Trent was in there. Your buddy. I mean, there that one day we all had potential shots uh, at bucks. Oh, yeah. On one day. And oh, it, yeah. No, yeah. No. So it, it seemed like it was really hot uh, during that yeah. time. And there was a deer that we had, Trent and I had on camera this past year that looked really young, had, had just had a really nice uh, rack uh, for as young and as small as his body looked. So maybe we can, uh, hopefully I can kind of try to figure out where he's at. Um, we had him early season and then we had another picture of him during rifle season uh, in a different area. So hopefully he made it uh, this past season. And there and there's some good bucks in that, that area's got some good bucks. I mean, there's potential there to kill a registry buck. Like, oh, yeah. there's definitely the potential is there. And, I mean, two years ago, you were within 55 yards of, like, a 130-inch monster. So, um, yeah. you were close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a close one. I hunted I hunted that buck for two years. I, um, I ended up, yeah, he, he it was just a weird day. He got behind me. He came out of nowhere about 1030 in the morning during bow season. And I, he was about 80 yards away when I saw him and I was shaking like a leaf cause I thought it was a branch I saw. And when I fully turned around, it was, it was that big old buck and I called him in, he got to about 55 and the wind switched and he blew out of there while I, you know, I spread out cameras looking for him. And, um, and sure enough, I found him and I hunted him, probably hunted him a little bit too aggressively. Uh, but anyway, I didn't get on him that year. The next year, I got a picture of him again in the same exact spot. And unfortunately I could not be there the opening day of, um, a muzzleloader and, uh, and a friend of mine, he actually ended up killing the buck, uh, and the score. And I think it was like 128 or something like that. Right. So it was a, it was a, it was a true, it was a true monster. That one, that one kind of hurt a little bit, but I was happy to see him kill it. You know, he was a good, he was a good guy and, you know, he hunted hard for it, you know, so it was uh it was good, but you know that's that's hunting, you know, and you got to enjoy your friends and and be and be happy for them, you know. And I helped, you know, I helped him tape it out and everything like that. So he was it was nice. It was a nice deer, and you know, just on to the next one. Right. So what are you going to do this summer to try to get that registry? Uh, this summer, uh, definitely going to buy some more cell cameras. Hopefully, <laughs> as long. As long as the wife doesn't see it. Right. <laughs> She's shaking her head at me right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, you know, I mean, honestly, like I said, it, it's you just got to be consistent and be out there. I, I just think that's the biggest thing. You know, I, I listen to lots of podcasts, your guys especially, and, you know, the big buck killers, the guys that kill bucks consistently, they're consistently out there, you know, and that's and that's it. They cover a lot of ground. You know, when everybody's going back to the to the hotel or to camp for, you know, a four hour, five hour lunch and then go out in the afternoon, that four or five hours, you know, take take the take a 30 minute break, have some lunch, get some water in you. Um, but then get out there and keep scouting. You know, just just you just never know when you're gonna find the next, you know, good spot or just a spot you're that maybe you overlooked. Maybe you've walked by this chunk of woods hundred times and something catches your eye that day and you go in there and it's just, it's just a mega. I mean, there's just deer trails everywhere, buck beds, which I haven't found too many of those, but you know, just heavy, heavy buck sign with trails and food. You just find, you know, the trifecta, you just find everything. But I mean, for this summer, I'm just going to put a, just going to search out new areas, new areas on this piece of public places. I haven't been places where I've said, Oh, I need to go check that out. Never did. Um, you know, and just and try to hang more cameras in, in areas um, to, to try to get a bead on. Is there deer coming through here? Are they not? Um, man, just looking for that fresh sign. That's that's the biggest thing I look for. Um, I'm sure at a later date, you know, maybe we'll talk about in-season scouting and stuff like that. But for this one, you know, for summer scouting, definitely just trying to cover as much ground as you can. Get familiar with the area you're going to be in, the area you're going to hunt. You know, it could help you in the future just locate locate more deer and oh, yeah. just knowing the property is never a bad thing never a yeah. bad thing at all 
Yeah, exactly. Like I said, that, that's my goal is just to, to keep learning that piece uh, and cover as much ground as I can uh, this summer uh, and maybe find a little hidden gem or something in there that I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on that area uh, when it comes yeah. uh, rut time. Um, but I mean, in this area, it does seem like there's quite a few, the doe population is flourishing, I would say. Yes. On this WMA. Very high. Very so, high. Yeah. So it is one of those WMAs where you definitely could go out and shoot your does. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, for if, sure. If you wanted to. And then hopefully fi- finding an area where, okay, these does are going to be, the bucks are probably going to be using these areas. Scent check these does. They're going to be cruising these areas and to get in there uh, when the time's right. But, yeah. Now that sounds like a good plan. Yeah, man. Well, um, Walter always likes to hit guests with this question. So I'm going to hit you with it. Uh, cause Walter is going to be listening to this podcast, probably holding his new baby. Uh, if you could go <laughs> back to your earliest hunting self, give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? You know, I've heard that. I've heard you ask that question a bunch of times and I, I, <laughs> I thought I'd be ready for this question, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I could go back in time and tell my younger self, something is to, is to stop being complacent. And I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing I could, I could say is just stop being complacent and don't be afraid to take a little risk. Um, you know, when I mean risk, I mean, not doing something dangerous, but doing something, you know, deer hunting wise, you're not comfortable with like, man, I I don't want to get too close to the bedding area. I might spook them. Well, if you don't get close enough, you may not never see them, you know, and trying new things, hunting new spots. And sometimes just, just setting up to set up and just, slow down a little bit, enjoy, enjoy what's around you, enjoy the woods, enjoy nature, enjoy every sunrise, everything like that. I mean, just, just really sit back, enjoy it, enjoy it. And you know, that's why we hunt, you know, that, that, that's what I could tell my younger self is just don't be complacent and enjoy everything, man. Just take, don't take anything for granted. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Pretty that's, much it. That's good, man. That's, that's don't know definitely. if that's cliche or not, but <laughs> Hey, you know. if it is, it is. But uh, if that's yeah. what makes you get out in the woods and uh, try harder, push further, um, you got to use whatever motivation you got. And maybe that'll help somebody else who's just now getting into hunting. Be like, oh, okay, oh, yeah. well, this guy's been hunting for this long. And uh, right. this is what he said he would tell himself. So maybe maybe I should uh, kind of heed that advice. So, yeah. all right, everybody. Well, I want to thank Brandon for uh, coming on the show. Uh, it was kind of like, uh, I, Hey man, can you come on the show? We're, I, I need you. We got to release, a, uh, an episode for, uh, this week. Uh, I think you did a great job. Uh, I hope this inspired everybody to, uh, get out there and start scouting. Now's the time get out and, uh, put them cameras out, put the boots on the ground and, uh, hopefully you'll find, uh, some success come this fall, but no matter what you do, get outside and enjoy the great outdoors. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.